Good day, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm morning, because as usual, Eden. How's it, guys? Two big clashes to discuss. Arsenal versus United. Arsenal versus Everton. And it was kind of two games that we kind of spoke about, you know, post-international break, which would sum up, you know, where we are as a club after playing Liverpool, then Newcastle, and then these two fixtures, which, you know, would really have said something if, if points were taken from it. Yeah, and I mean, look, as we said now with last week's podcast, um, I mean, speaking now for myself, I mean, I was buzzing going to the game because we saw United were, you know, kind or partially still in a bit of disarray with a new uh, change in, in coaches, you know, you know, with the backroom staff having to be re- rearranged for Ralph Rangnick. But, I mean, loads and loads of talk about you know, in this bumper edition of the podcast, because I'm going to also touch on, on the two games that's coming up, back with Southampton and the midweek game against West Ham. Um, so, on to the game. The game kicks off, and I mean, United are trying to, you know, start on the front foot. I mean, Old Trafford is buzzing in it. And Arsenal, you know, playing cautious, playing more like a, you know, a waiting game, you know, with a counter-attack. And I mean, the first real big chance comes in 12th minute when Thomas Party gets dispossessed. And I mean, He's also been a person that's been talked upon, talked about in most podcasts and by, at, uh, you know, most pundits are bringing it also up regarding him. But I mean, he, uh, a heavy touch on the ball, ball breaks to Fred who plays Ronaldo in and I mean, he ends up just dragging his shot wide. No, I think party at that point, it started making me nervous because he just seemed like, you know, someone played it, he, he, he needed to go to the bathroom or something like that because it, like he was <laughs> just moving across the field. So slow, getting caught in position. And I mean, you know, Arsenal did seem the stronger, even though United had a charge. Arsenal did seem like they were, like, you know, Fred was making mistake upon mistake as well. And it did seem like Arsenal, you know, were going to get stronger and stronger. And, you know, I was really confident, you know, watching this. And I was like, you know, I, we got this. But my, my one fear, you know, from the start of the game was already party. He just didn't seem up to it. Yeah, I mean, 13 minute Arsenal and get the corner. Fred ends up standing on David De Gea's foot, and I mean the goalkeeper ends up, you know, going dropping like a, a, a heap on the goal line. The ball gets you know half cleared by United. One the ball is eventually then won by Aldini, who cushion headers the ball straight down to Smith Rowe. And while the goalkeeper of United is still in distress, Arsenal still taking the shot through Smith Rowe. And I mean the ball goes to the net. The ref, of course, uh, Martin Atkinson, he blows it up for. I don't know what, if it was like a foul or whatever that he saw, you know, that Odegaia. He probably thought it was one of our guys that stomped on it. But I mean, thankfully, through VAR, it got checked, double-checked, and the goal was eventually given 1-0 Arsenal. You know, at that point in the game, I really thought, OK, this is going to be where Arsenal's going to make a statement now, you know? We're going yeah. to gonna gun for that top-four spot. Um, Brighton just threw against West Ham the day before, and I'm thinking to myself, this is it, you know, this is Arsenal. We've turned the corner, you know, we gonna, we just need one more now because United, we were doing, I mean, I think somebody cleared it off the line ahead of ours as well, which yeah. which, we, which was quite good. And I thought, okay, you know, it's just a matter of time. We get the second goal and we kill this game off. Yeah. Then at the eighth minute, Martinelli, you know, in a rare foray for Arsenal, ends up draining shot wide. And this is where it was also a sort of point where I was starting to get that, that sort of nervy feeling because... All of a sudden, that, that there was a, a period, you know, as, as we were approaching halftime, where it was almost like United were just laying siege on our goal constantly. Every time the balls were getting kicked forward, and I mean, look, Ramsey was trying to get 
you know, distance on everything he was trying to get out. But, you know, uh, Aubameyang up front was not getting anything, you know, like really winning anything. So he ends up getting just out-muscled by the centre-backs of United. The ball is, of course, dropping into midfield. Uh, the, the, the press of Arsenal's almost like way too slow because party is seeming already, you know, almost like somebody... Because, I mean, one uh, football fan also described him as like watching a drunk person play. <laughs> and, I mean, El Nini was at times... It was like overcompensating stuff where he could have just kept it simple because every time the ball was coming, you know, to uh, El Nini, I'm thinking, and I, I was telling you, my son, you know, just get forward, get to the United off, then you can do whatever, play the position mm-hmm. game, but get into the off. And El Nini would be on the halfway line, stop with the ball, and then you start turning and then you start playing it back to the defense. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? And I mean, the minute that that pass was going back from El Nini or even party was doing it a lot of times. You could already see that United doing like a full-blooded press where like five players going to our half and just, you know, plug up all that spaces, making it even difficult because then it was like you saw moments where uh, people are giving the ball to Ramsdale and Ramsdale is like getting to the phase where, you know, where, you know the way Leno used to get into confusion with these players because he's playing it off to somebody and by that time he's playing the ball off, there's like two or three players surrounding and I'm thinking, what is going on with Arsenal at that moment there? Yeah, I know they, they they were literally losing their head, and I mean, it was a game where they had the foothold in it, and you, you, you they started giving it a, a very United side that's been battling for most part, yeah. you know, that's that that hasn't been that's been struggling just to get the point one or two points together at the time. So it it was really frustrating seeing that that Arsenal were allowing United the space and the freedom, and I mean. For me, um, Al Nini and Thomas Partey were both in no man's land, uh, doing little to influence the play and also losing their runners. And I mean, what I don't get is, I mean, I've listened like to about three or four podcasts last three or four days, and I mean, we, I've heard like some, you know, people that are quite popular also on social media, and that where they're describing almost like they, you know, uh, he was quite, you know, playing quite a good game, Al Nini, and I'm thinking, did you watch the same game I'm watching? Because for me. If you're away from home and you're already playing a team that's, you know, sort of, you know, down and out at the moment, because I mean, look, you don't want to get them in United when they really got the, the you know, the new coach set up and that. So I thought to myself, this is now for, you know, like a swan song for them with Michael Carrick. Yes. You really yes. have a go at them. And we were just playing the sort of, you know, almost like we're scared and we, we're dropping back. And, and you could see it was almost like a domino effect because we're already blunt, like up front. And then you see, the, the holding midfielders are, you know, like every time running to the defenders. And of course, the defenders don't have a real outlet because everybody is trying to ship off all the, the, the responsibility onto them. Because, like, you could see, uh, I don't know which pundit it was, but they said Arsenal lack leadership because nobody's really pulling this game, you know, by the you know by the, by the horns and, and taking control of this game and or, or telling them, guys, you need to start sticking together and, and, and grind this thing out now as we go to halftime. Yeah, I know. Uh, after I'm one all down, I think United's tails have been down and kind of, you know, knocked the wind out of the sails almost. Yeah, then the uh, 44th minute, Sancho ends up wrong footing Tomiyasu, plays Fred in. And I mean, Fred is not picked <laughs> up by any of the holding midfielders. The yeah. Arsenal defenders are kind of backing off. And then by the time he cuts the ball back for Fernandez, I mean, it's just for Fernandez to sweep the ball home 1 1. Yeah, on any end, like party, like you said, you know, they left. Fernandes open and Fred open. So, so what do you do? 
I mean, what do you do? You you one one now. United tails are up, and they you know they they're flying high now, going into halftime. Where and you're thinking to yourself, you know, at one one, I'm still thinking to myself halftime. You know what? Arsenal still got this. His United yeah. side has been shipping goals like it's going out the fashion. But you know what? I found strange, you know, when when we got to the second half, it almost like the match turned from something that was over cautious, maybe in the first half, in in some points. To uh, almost like a basketball way game because like the chances were going like you have an attack, we have an attack. <laughs> I was just not jotted down the point where like 46 minutes Gabriel forces to get into a fantastic save. Then you got two minutes later Fernandez on the other side again on a run and then he frees up Ronaldo, cuts the ball in your back, sends party on his backside. And then I mean Ramsell makes a sh- uh, like a shot, a uh, save from a, a very tame Ronaldo shot. Yeah, you know, the warning signs were there, but it was pissing me off is that party was getting lost almost every single time. Yeah, because I mean, I honestly don't expect, because I thought in a game like that, he was going to take, you know, the responsibility, because at times he was like venturing further forward. And I'm thinking one of you guys will have to stay back because you're leaving that whole defense exposed. And I mean, United, as we know, saying, or as I was also saying, Getting more adventurous, so you could see they, they, I mean, I don't know if they sense blood because we were just not, you know, playing free flowing football. We were rather, I was like, uh, I think what you used to say a few pod, uh, like seasons back with the podcast, where you said it was like we on the ropes and we're just, you know, putting our fists up to our head and, you know, taking the shots to the body. Then. Yeah, no, and, and eventually, you know, as, as a boxer, when you take shots to your body, something's got to give. Yeah. Then, uh, 52nd minute, uh, Tavares ventures forward, falling the United trap. And I mean, you and I have been discussing this ages already about Arsenal when one of the fullbacks moved forward. I mean, I mean, this was happening under Emery as well, I, I remember, and it was happening under uh, Wenger, the last parts, where the fullback goes forward, which is, I mean, I honestly, I see a lot of people were trying to give Tavares flag for that, you know, that venturing forward. But for me, instinctively, my take was when that guy shifts forward, it's I mean, typically, uh, you know, uh, coaching one-on-one where either the centre-back that's on the left side has to shift in as a as a, uh, a left-back or one of the holding midfielders has, has to shift in there into that open space or even the guy that's playing ahead of him has to drop himself back as or even as a, a second uh, left-back to double up whoever's coming through. And I mean, the minute that ball gets played through by, I think, Abdalo ends up dispossessing him, plays the ball forward, Rashford ends up picking the ball up. And I mean, Rashford has all the time to look up. And I mean, by the time Rashford gets the ball and I'm watching, like uh, my eyes go from Rashford to what's happening in the box. And you can see Arsenal are not picking up. So yeah, yeah. party lost his runner, party lost Ronaldo already at that point. And I mean, by the time Ronaldo's bursting through there, and I mean, he's really busting your lung. By the time the ball gets into the box, it reminded me of all the defeats we always used to have at United when, when Park used to score against us. Yes. It was we, 100% goal, like just, that way. Just, just, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. And then Ronaldo still does that celebration, his trademark. And, and I mean, you're thinking to yourself, you know, honestly, Arsenal, again, you, and you just knew, like, yeah. Ronaldo was going to score passes as, as old as he is, as he's been struggling a bit. I mean, we just gave, give him a, a free reign to score. And I mean, it's, it's constantly, this is what sometimes drives me, you know, to the point where, my almost like my head feels like exploding where you see I mean you can see these errors occurring. You see Arteta trying to gesture to them what they must do and whatever. 
And it's not like everything goes out of the window and they do their own thing and we get punished and they all stand and look like, you bemused at each other. Because, I mean, stuff like that can also be stopped. I mean, even like, okay, you, you, you get past that phase where Rashford's in that, that open space that, that uh, Tavares left open. But as you said now, with, with regards to, to party, that even if you like bundling me over, like, you know, accidental collision, you somehow get yourself oh, in, in his way or whatever. But I mean, it was too simple. No, it was too simple. It was ridiculously simple. And, and like, it, it, it was like, it was too easy, man. It was quite embarrassing to concede a girl like that against the United side that has been battling and very toothless up front. Didn't say from kickoff Arsenal, you know. Don't ask me how this plays out, but I mean, Martinelli ends up getting into space. United are still, I don't know if they, they were still on a, on a buzz with it, you know, going ahead in the game. But I mean, Martinelli ends up taking the ball wider. Uh, most of, he loses most of the United midfield. And I mean, he eats a hard, low cross across the edge of the box. And I mean, Martinelli, uh, Odegaard comes in and I mean, he just passes the ball into the net 2 2. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, came on again. You know, this is, this is it. This is it for us. I mean, I mean, you know, we can we can win this, but as we said in the podcast previously last week, that a draw will be good enough. So you're yeah. like, you know, not too too like perturbed about it. You obviously want to win, but you'll you will take the draw if it comes to it. You're just thinking Arsenal, you know. Think of it with your style. Not saying you know just defend, defend, but make it make yourself solid at the back and do nothing. Don't make any silly fouls. Yeah. Then 68th minute, Fred bursts into the United box, and I mean. It's a real lazy, lazy training leg by Odegaard. And I mean, the minute Fred sees it, he sticks his leg for even further out. And I mean, it's the type of thing that, that Jamie Vardy used to do. He, he lets his legs get entangled with the defender. And I mean, by the time that Odegaard goes with the follow-through with the tackle, the ball is already passed, Fred. And I mean, it's a penalty. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean, we got away with it for a bit. And even I thought, you know, when when the rib played on, I was like, shoo. You know, uh, we, yeah, we, we 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 escaped this over here. But with I mean, like, before VAR even, I told my, my son already that's a stone wall because you could even see the ball was like spilling ahead of him and Odegaard could still come with a full-blooded tackle. I was like, why are you doing that? Why, why, why? But, you know, something we missed and didn't bring up actually. I mean, if you go back into the, the, the first half, I mean, Tommy Yasu, was pulled back by Maguire and no VAR check was done. I don't know what your thoughts on that because I thought maybe that could have also been a penalty. I find it strange how they almost like pick and choose when certain things are happening because, I mean, even when we get to that other game later on, key things like that also happens where, you know, it could be also a game changer. I mean, I'm not saying saying in, in, in that game we're still going to discuss, but I just think in this game, you never know. I mean, how United were already you know, on high, and then I mean to be almost like derailed, like, you know, with, with going in, because it was that before half-time. And we... Oh, that's just before half-time, yes. Yeah, but, you know, Ronaldo ends up stepping up 70th minute and blasts the ball straight down the middle, sending, you know, where Rams are diving the wrong way anyway. But I mean... And once again, you know... he does his trademark celebration, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, can this just stop? Oh, it does... It's so embarrassing and, 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 and pisses me off every time. In other way, Arsenal just allow these guys to just bully us and, and you know, anybody can come 
up against us and then find the back of the net. So then, uh, 70, also the same minute with a goal scored, Smith Rowe then ends up coming off. Saka comes on. Uh, the 78th minute, great work by Tommy Asosis, Alba. I mean, it's a perfect cross, and all he had to do is just put some, you know, meat behind that ball. And I mean, he ends up just, <laughs> like half, you know, like a tame shot, ends up just rolling to the keeper of United. And I thought to myself, you know, I really expect more, like, you know, something explosive or like a finish, but it's like he's got no heart when he's like striking the ball. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it is quite frustrating. I mean, it's, I mean, there's nothing more to say about it. And I mean, you know, that's bringing Ketia also onto the field. I think you did bring in Ketia and one mistake yeah. But I mean, I, I, what is your thinking behind it? I mean, I mean, Ketia never ever is going to come on the field and to do something and, and beat a play and give a cross, you know, beat a play and, you know, slot one in to make it 3-3. Three, three. He just doesn't do that for me. And then to throw him on the field, I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, he ends up getting, they throw him on, what was it, 79th minute, but I'm thinking to myself, he, this is the same week that he got, he rejected the club's offer for a contract extension, not that I have a problem with it, but I mean, surely you're already trying to, fight, you know, like, then start phasing him out, but yeah. it's like, he's got a better chance of playing than, say, someone like Pepe, which is like the club's most expensive signing. Yeah, that, that makes no sense at all, that decision. Yeah, so I mean, United end up controlling the game, and I mean, by the time it's like you know full time, it's a you know real frustrating match because it's like you know you had so much, uh, you know positivity going into the game, and then you you let down through you know real errors that that, that could have been, uh, you know averted. Because I mean, it's frustrating because you you see, the potential is there, but it's like you, they keep on falling short and. Same thing, like, uh, I was listening to a podcast last night before I turned in, and, and somebody was saying the exact thing you were telling me a while back, and I can't, I tried to play it off and not ever, you know, try to be very, very positive in it. But I mean, this guy was t- saying also, it's like you're taking every time two steps forward, and then you're dropping, like, three to four steps back. So it's like, you just keep on having to try to rebuild, rebuild, and then you keep on just screwing up when, when you know, the chips look kind of positive for us, then did they really disappoint you? But you know what? You know, the, at the end of the day, it was Old Trafford. It was United with a new coach, probably with a, a point to prove with a new coach. I mean, Carrick, you know, can't believe, you know, so inexperienced gets the, the win over Arteta. But you take it on the train, you're like, you know, fair enough, you're going into the weekend, West Ham's playing Chelsea. You're thinking to yourself, you know, surely Chelsea will get the win over there. And we're going up yeah. against the Everton side who's taken two points out of a possible 24-26. They haven't won a game since September. And you're kind of going there and saying to yourself, you know what, it's fine. This things happen. We, we, it, it, we move on to the next game. We just have yeah. to keep on. And we're taking on the Everton side who can't buy a win at all. So we think, you know, this is where you get your three points and you get your run back again and you can get back into the top four race. Yeah, and I mean, for me, <laughs> I'm like mentally strutting into this game thinking this can be the, you know, the redemption match for us. Yes. Charles defeat, after the Man United defeat, sorry. And I mean, with, with Xhaka, like, that was already a surprise call up, like, you know, getting back in the squad. Tierney returning to replace uh, Tavares. And then, like I said, replacing Aubameyang uh, uh, up front. I almost said uh, Henri. Then... Um, <laughs> I mean, the game starts, of course, slow. Arsenal playing with, almost like within themselves, which is 
very strange on the eye because I really thought they would come out, you know, with a bit more fight, a bit more bottle. Um, the first big chance and ends up falling 13th minute to uh, Tamari Gray. He ends up, you know, uh, slaloming through Arsenal midfield and the defenders. I think he kind of just, when he starts seeing the goal, he kind of gets all like, you know, all like uh, really worked up and he ends up firing the ball high and wide of the goal. You know, uh, he's a real wily character, and I, really saw, I never really took much note of him. But uh, uh, the second time I've seen him cause havoc against United as well, he he's a very direct player. And I was thinking to myself, I know he, he's not you know world class or whatever, but he's a good, he's a kind of player that Arsenal's missing at the moment. Someone that's direct and know it and goes straight for the goals. And I mean, like if you think. Uh, look, you were, uh, I always remember him from, from Leicester City as the up-and-coming youngsters. Then he ended up um, going to Leverkusen. And I don't know if he still did a few loans in between also. But I mean, when they when when um, Everton bought him, I couldn't believe it. I honestly thought it was like a typo. Because when they said they uh, Everton bought him for $1.5 million, I thought, what? Because like, I, mean, I really didn't expect that number to be thrown around, like, you know, for the morning, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, 25th minute, uh, the core ends up firing also like another tame shot at Ramsdale. Uh, 27th minute, uh, uh, Ben White ends up blocking a goal-bound shot by Andres Townsend. And then I think sometime again, I think 10 minutes later, he's again having to get ahead of somebody that's about to, like, you know, let fly and he ends up blocking the shot. So, I mean... And then also, oh, sorry to say, I forgot also this one point where 29th minute, I also don't get in the game where Tomiyasu goes into it 50-50 with, with Godfrey. The two of them almost like stumble and then all of a sudden Godfrey ends up stomping on uh, Tomiyasu's face. And what I don't understand is no card is given because the delay in play then afterwards comes from that Yeri Bina, his injury, the hamstring, whatever, and, and no... No uh, attention is given to what happened there with Tomiyasu, really. Yeah, no, and, and, and for me, that Godfrey or, or should have been off. You know, he's been was making foul after foul after foul. And and that, that was a dangerous challenge. That should have been a, a yellow card. That probably was a red card because you could see that tramp he did on his face. But even a yellow card was something like that. And then the commentators were saying, you know, Ben Godfrey couldn't help it. He, his foot, he couldn't land anywhere else but on his face. But... If you look at the challenge, that looked like it was a stomp on his face. And, I mean, he was kicking Saka all the time as well. And, I mean, I'm the, I was just thinking, look, even if, even because, I mean, I know that one wimpy com, uh, ref, that's, now, that's a, a part commentator now at halftime. I, I can't even do his name now. David Gallagher. Yes, he, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the one. But when he, when they were talking, like, and I'm just thinking to myself, imagine that was Granit Xhaka doing that very thing. Yeah. And I'm mean, not not trying to be he's not trying to be nasty or whatever. He just was like uh, overbalances or whatever, and his foot lands on somebody's head or face or whatever. He is off no matter if it's an accident. He is off because for me that is where this VAR becomes a joke because right there and then it's only like right there for you to see. It's only like that. I don't know which game it was. Also early on in the season where uh, somebody uh, when they asked that, that fourth official after the game what they thought of it, they said. A very dark yellow. So, I mean, where do you come with shit like it? Because, I mean, you either stay on or you're off. But don't come I mean, with we, it. I mean, we should have got to the, 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 the game, was it, um, against um, Palace as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the one. That's the one that they were saying. 
They booted Rizitsaka as well. They booted him. And you're telling me it's a yellow card. Not yeah. even, was it a yellow card or not even? I don't remember, but I mean, everybody, even the commentator said he still don't get even after VAR check. That cannot be a red because he's not going for the ball at all. But you know, that side, I mean, how can we be? We, 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 we came against the Everton side, you know, at the moment that's, you know, champion, not championship quality, but just the way things are going against them, you know, and, and, they, and we're not, you know, you saw how we played that attacking football second half against United, against Everton. Now we're like just watching, we're just watching, we're just watching. Yeah, so, I mean, they end up also having a goal in a chalk off a 44th minute when um, Charleston. And I mean, that was also minimal. Because, I mean, I honestly already gave the, you know, gave up the ghost because I already thought that was it. That was a goal for them. But okay, it gets called up. And then, I mean, immediately a minute later, Arsenal go on almost like the one final attack before halftime. Kieran Tierney ends up beating, I think, who was it? That's right back for them? Uh, Coleman. Yes, Coleman, yes. Ends up getting past him and then ends up, you know, swip, whipping a delicious ball. And I mean, the ball ends up, you know, come, coming straight to, what was it, Odegaard? With it, the yes, volley. Odegaard, yeah. 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 And, 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 and you can see the the the, 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 the um, wind going out of Everton's sail, like a Charleston's laying yeah. like head on the ground. And you're thinking to yourself, going into halftime and having your hands together, thinking... You know, we've got them now. And the Chargers had this such annoying celebration, you know, where he's running like that. You know, it does like this arrogant run. And I'm thinking to yourself, screw you, man. I mean, now it's 1-0 to us. And we're going to take this second half with the initiative. And, you know, we can just kill this game off against a team that has not won since September. I mean, what what I find infuriating also is like, you know, even going to halftime, that we allow ourselves to get, you know, dominated like that. And then... It's not like at any at any injury or break, then you see the whole team coming to Arteta. You can't have that anymore. I mean, we passed. It's like what you said last week's podcast, where you said like with the with the subs. Sometimes I think you think Arteta thinks it's still five subs and the water break. That that stuff is now long gone. And I mean, for me, it's like look, there's certain aspects of of Arteta. Look, you can get so infuriating. Probably gonna still bring it up later on in the podcast, but. For me, it's like I think he's doing like fine, like same training where you're giving them an instruction and you're expecting them to, you know, get that point across, and you just don't see it. No. It's like every time they have to almost like be coached like like little kids, and what I don't get is, you know, with regards now to this game now, you see Arsenal every week with their training videos on on uh, YouTube. And I mean, anybody can see it and whatever. And you're seeing them do this little rondo passes in that picking in the middle stuff. Why aren't they passing at that tempo? But they are counting and, and, and high-fiving if they get like two <laughs> without the other guy touching in the middle. Why don't you do that in-game? Play the ball on it like for 20-plus passes before somebody can even get a touch on the ball. Yeah, no, it's, it's really frustrating at the moment. So, yeah, we're going to half-time. Uh, second half, Everton come out like, you know, a bet on fire, or bet out of hell, I should say. Because, I mean, all of a sudden, the pressure is mounting, and all, all of a sudden, you also see Everton's tempo quickening with their passing. And at times, I mean, jokes aside, and, and, and also uh, rivalry and whatever, it actually reminded me of watching Liverpool, the way they were knocking the ball about. And I thought, myself, what is going on? We are just allowing them to run like circles around us here. 
Ja, Liverpool came to Goodison Park and Liverpool taught everything the training training lesson. They made Everton seem like you cones at practice and they were just passing around Everton, pressing Everton. You know, Everton was in a bad space, so they were just, you know, you know, when things go against you like that, offside goal chalked off and and you know, you're conceding a goal in in a rut like that. You know, you would expect to come out, you know, Arteta should have told the guys Come out and we keep on. We nail the put the nail in the coffin. But I'm telling you, a second goal would have taken Everton completely to the ground. Then for the eighth minute, Everton again gets the ball in the net through Richarlison, and again after VAR check, Arsenal again saved by the by the like you know VAR caller that it's offside, and again we don't need that warning signs that's being fired right in our faces. We there's nothing because I mean listen to Ars blog last night. They were saying, look, if you get so many close calls where you're getting, uh, you know, that you're getting off the hook through VR, why aren't they somehow regrouping and saying, look, we have to somehow buck up here or buck up there, whatever, but we can't allow this ball to break every time. And, and it's not like the ball is getting played through the midfield. They're offering no protection, like a party and then and Chaka. And there's no real answer that we can do there. And then the Charleston is still there to run again after he scored, you know, this, and I said, oh, like, you know, I was pissed off when he did that, and then I was happy when, when it was disallowed again. I was like, yeah, again, again, we've, we're sure, and like I said, you said, you're like, surely after that you wake up and be like, okay, guys, yeah. you know, let's do better now. And then 61st when Martinelli ends up browning the keeper, but ends up hitting the side netting when... Uh, I mean, I know Luckers it was like shouting for the ball, but there's another problem. I mean, I know I'm the one that always hops on that having Luckers it in the game because he can hold up and you know ever the ball. But I mean, what does becoming almost infuriating about even Luckers it now? It's like he is the main striker on the night, but why is he always playing like somebody that's in a false nine position? Because he's always either on the edge of the box or on the halfway line. Yeah, we, no, he's not getting in the six yard box. Yeah. Because I mean that is, I think that should be like priority when we do start with us, you know, the hunting for us, a uh, new striker and, and also a backup striker. That should be the the almost like the, the requirements for that. Because for me, it's like we're never having really players in the box, and you know, it's like when a Bamian plays, he's not putting himself physically about. When you got like a Z uh, on playing up front, he's not in there where he should be putting his foot away in where it hurts. Yeah, no, it's just it's really getting frustrating. And we're not threatening enough as well, you know, to look at it and say, okay, guys, you know what? We, we're doing well. Yeah, so 65th minute, Tavares then comes on, Tierney comes off. You could also see his time was up. I mean, first full game, uh, first game after, you know, a, a two and a half month layoff. He was our best player. And I think I was really sad to see him go off because Tavares is starting to, 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 to add some real stress to him because he's. I mean, he's a good player, but he's, there's just parts of his game that needs to be worked on because he makes really silly mistakes at, at the wrong time. Yeah. Then, uh, six minutes later, Eden Ketia comes on for Martinelli. And, I mean, again, raise eyebrows by the Arsenal fan base because, again, you're looking for a goal and you're just throwing on somebody, not only uh, a third or fourth choice striker, you're not playing him now as a left winger. And, I mean, I honestly, I think this is also where... Arteta was starting to lose control of the game because his tactics or the subs weren't making any sense. I mean, why are you taking... I mean, what has what Pepe done? Like, is, is somebody... Has he done something? Because Pepe's the type of guy, you know? He's... 
I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's a great player. I'm saying he's a type of player that can he can do something to get you a goal. I know his form can be a bit inconsistent, but once he hits that patch of form at the back end of last season, probably with Saka, he was probably one of our best players last season, if I'm not mistaken, um, Pepe, because he was scoring okay. in, in important goals for us. Yeah, so 79th minute, you know, the dreaded, you know, what we were actually all dreading. Arsenal end up losing uh, throw in from Gustavares was trying to throw the water party part instead of figuring out like I mean uh, you know, somebody that's experienced just get the ball out and forward he ends up playing the ball back to to Tavares Tavares of course panics gives the ball like back to him and, and by this time he's already about to start losing position because he's totally out of it like you know because he's now getting swarmed and he's panicking on the ball uh, the ball ends up breaking for, uh, I think it was, what was it first? Was it Gomez was first giving a run at him? Yes. yes and yes, he, and he gave off to Gray. Yeah, and then Gray ends up slinging a shot again. Another <laughs> precursor. But I mean, he ends up slinging the ball and I mean, it ends up beating the crossbar. But I mean, fantastic save by Ramsdale to get fingertips to the ball. But I mean, as the ball ends up rebounding, I mean, Arsenal again, slow to react. They all like, you know, standing ball watching, and by that time, all that Charleston has to do is like soften a header and it loops over Ramsdale 1 1. Can I, I tell you something? I, I actually was looking for another offside flag for the goal to be choked <laughs> off. And then he told me the celebration again. I was even more pissed off, and I was seething with anger at this point. I was like, how do you let this happen three times? The guy yeah. scores a hat trick of goals against you. I mean, <laughs> there was like this, it was common copies of each other all the time. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know what? Maybe you take a throw at Goodison Park or we can maybe sneak a goal somewhere because surely you wake up after that. Then 84th minute, I really thought I was going to either crack my hand through the, the, the <laughs> chair of mine because Eden Kentia manages to get across from three yards out. He's supposed to the ball bounces out and I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I really thought to myself, you know, this could you know get us out just to get our nose in front and we were like, see this out like you know like limping home to to london again but you know sneaking a win but i mean he ends up fluffing that chance then arteta no he, he's going to like kind of full panic mode he now takes lacazette off he brings Aubameyang, our main like you know supposed frontline forward to give him the last five minutes of the game then you know i, I hated to say this but i was just telling my son I got a feeling we're gonna lose it, yeah, because it was already 88 minute, and I'm just you just seeing one way traffic, and it's just going blue. And I mean, by that time, when when Demare Gray is running, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Gomez is running with the ball down midfield, and I mean, before that, Jaka got a stupid yellow card for like rugby tackling somebody again, you know, all day. But yeah. now, I guess he of course can't really touch him because I honestly thought he's gonna take the red, you know, for the team. Yeah, I mean, me also. He ends up, you know, just putting his hands aside, let uh, uh, Gomez uh, go through. And I mean, by the time that ball is breaking through, I'm looking at where our midfielders are. Because Xhaka has got no pace to catch up to the whole thing. Thomas Part is looking like a deer in the headlight. <laughs> and I mean, they end up, I'm looking across thinking, look, now Tomiyasu's got Damari Gray running at him. There's nobody else. And I think, I don't know, there was somebody else I, I remember also running with. And I thought it was Somebody has to make a, you know, either double up with Tomiyasu. But I mean, everybody's going to just more ball watching or uh, defense again backing off. 
And that gives almost like the market just the opportunity to cut inside. He already takes out Tommy Osage by that movement. And I mean, he ends up hitting a swerve into the top corner for a winner. Yeah, in of the post, and the screen was shaking. Everton was in the pandemonium. You know, first win in since September after only picking up two points of a possible 24, 26. And, you know, they end up celebrating a 2-1 victory against the Arsenal side. You know, after this game, I can be honest with you, I really felt, you know, woke, woke up the next day. You know, you still have to get up and, and, and have to face the day. And I was thinking to myself, like, I can't believe this. I mean, all that run of form we did after that, you know, and now we lose three out of four games. And suddenly everything looks, you know, a very difficult, um, you know, to catch up to get into the top four, let alone the top six now, because Spurs seem to be clicking more into gear. They have a game in hand. United now suddenly have, have an easy run of fixtures. New coach probably get the results. And now we seem like we're going to be in that form again, the typical Arsenal form where we will win a one, we'll draw one, we'll lose one. It just doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem positive. And like you mentioned before, we're not creating enough chances and we're flat. And I mean, for me, the, 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 the highlight, not highlight, but the epitome of our performance in this match happened in the 97th minute when the ball finally breaks like perfectly to Aubameyang. I mean, the clock is, I mean, the ref is allowing the final shot, like, you know, final attack of the game. <laughs> and all Aubameyang has to do is compose himself and just pick a spot and he scores. And he ends up just shanking that ball. He's not even testing it. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know, I'm like my heart went from my bloody chest to my backside because I just <laughs> there's no fucking fight here. Oh, God. I'm laughing now, but I actually feel like crying. Yeah. Just thinking about it. We just don't have a proper strike anymore. I mean, Aubameyang did what he could, but unfortunately... And then he, yeah, I don't think the drives was so crazy. It's like what, what I used to tell you back in the day with, with Julio Baptista when he used to just stand and he sweats. <laughs> he just stands and he's like... It's like he's still admiring the shot, veering into the concert <laughs> boards to the side. That's fucking crazy. But yeah, we go now on to the oh. games coming up. Uh, first up, we got Southampton the weekend. I think the uh, afternoon game at, 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 on Saturday. Um, there's a whole drama now with with, um, with Southampton's goalkeepers, though, because they lost Fraser Forster, I think, last week sometime through a muscular injury. I'm not I'm not sure how fit he is not now. But then they also lost in a, one of the midweek games. They ended up losing that McCarthy through, I think, uh, I, think he, I don't know if he did knee ligaments or something. So now they had to get now do a special request now to the FA to get uh, Willie Caballero of ex-Chelsea, ex-Chelsea um, Man United. I'm sorry, Man City, sorry. But I mean, he's like, what, 40? And, but I was just telling some friends now like, about the like Arsenal for, uh, fans. Uh, I can see this guy probably playing again like a Buffon when we play him the weekend. Because 40 or not, I mean, with our sort of front line or, or toothless attack, I don't know, we're going to also breach things there. I don't know. I'm actually... You know, Southampton has been struggling. They have, they've been you know, hot and cold, hot and cold, but... Yeah, yeah, the form Arsenal's in now, you can see like a 1-1 draw happening or like, you know, Southampton pipping it to like a 2-1 and it's not trying to be, you know, knee-jerk reaction, but 
It just we're not looking like a team again that's you know that we saw before the international break and then come back again losing against Liverpool. I mean, it seems like a team that's out of form again. Yeah, because I mean, they, they've been almost like just hovering between like 14 and 16 most of the season now. And I mean, one thing that has not stood out for them is like this new left back that they got from, I think Chelsea, they bought him um, Livramento. He's now like setting, you know, almost like the legal light because of his, like, he, I think he's, I don't know if he's like 17 or something. But I mean, he's like playing like somebody way beyond his years. And I mean, the other key players also are still what we know, you know, Ward Prowse is still causing problems like from, from corners and free kicks. And I mean, uh, Oriol Romeo is also like a terrier in midfield for them, even though he's like, you know, ticking on in years. Yeah, and I think Theo you know, Walcott, I think it was even got the equalizer the last time, so the Hampton came to the Emirates. So I wonder if he's going to be there to run at us. Yeah. So then our next game is against West Ham. And I think, I don't think that's going to be, I mean, even though, yes, it's a home game, I, I still think it's going to be, you know, David Moses probably, you know, got his, his uh, chalkboard already and, and figuring out different tricks and things to, to really get under our skin. Because at the moment, we're also becoming, it's not like too simple to beat us right now. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I think West Ham are going to prove a point. I think they're going to come to the Emirates and prove a point. You know, we were lucky last season. I don't even remember when we beat them too hard. And we scored a late goal, but they, you know, they did play very well against us. But West Ham's going to come there and prove a point and show, you know, we've beaten Chelsea, we've beaten Liverpool, we're going to beat Arsenal at the Emirates. And I think if they're going to come to the Emirates, you know, and we don't pick up full points against Southampton and they beat us, I think, you know, there's going to be a huge frustration and we're going to look at the team again and ask yourself, you know, have we actually turned the corner? Because as crazy as an Arsenal fan, you know, we uh, lining up to the Liverpool game, you know, I was, you know, maybe too ahead of myself, but I thought to myself, you know, have we turned the corner? Could this be a start to a new, you know, a new dawn or a new era for Arsenal? And it's like we just went straight back to where we were last season. And I mean, you, like the top three players are like uh, Teclan Rice in, as a holding mid. And then, of course, the two attacking players, Jared Bowen and Said uh, Ben Rama. And I mean, they are tricky players and. If we are not really on point with fullbacks and defence, and even those that are going to play in midfield for us, I mean, they're going to probably run circles around us. So, you know, a lot of, I mean, I really hope Arteta's doing his homework on this team. You know, Mikel Antonio as well. You know, that guy's been also in, in excellent form. So, they don't forget about him. He seems like a guy who could bag a goal or two against us as well. Yeah, because I mean, he, I'll actually call him the battering ram whenever I watch him play, because it's like he just... He's a bumping play or players are bumping off his muscular body as he's like you know bursting through defenses and that. so he's gonna be a handful for, for Gabriel and Ben White as they play. Kind of shows what we're missing up front, you know, a guy that can do the damage with the ball at his feet and also running off the ball and giving ten uh, defenders a kind of a bruise here and there. Yeah. So now with that we switch our attention now to talking points of the like the weekend and the last few matches now. Um for me, point number one, I wanted to bring up, you know, this whole Pepe mystery, and for me also, this stranger, the uh, way that Arteta is of, of a kind of, not like mentally punishing a player, because, yeah, is that like, almost like to show him, look, I can do this, so that you can do, you know, do that type of thing, that sort of attitude? I don't know, I'm actually not, I'm, 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 I'm really quite, 
like disturbed by his, his way of thinking because he does it seems yeah. like he does have favorites eh? because yeah. i mean you know going doozy you know as as much as as, as other you also said he has an attitude problem and the coaches work with but he was a guy in midfield that got everywhere like if you had to put him in this game against everton or united you would have probably gotten stuck in you know made a few tackles turned the ball over you know, running in the making yeah, those yeah. runs in the box, he, he's, he's a wily character, live character. And if you compare him to party in the midfield, I'm not saying they, you know, like for like, but the one seems to like dragging his feet and he knows every week, you know, almost Arteta's going to start him because who else is there in the defensive mid department at the moment, you mm-hmm. know, that they're going to start? So may, may, maybe now that there's a thing that, that uh, all our defensive mid- or box to box midfields are fit, maybe he'll be dropped. But like as you mentioned, like what it what has Pepe done wrong or or what what's happened there? Because like I said, you know he's been a big game player for us at times. And I mean, what I also don't get of like we are brought up now, I take this uh, strange decisions or strange thinking. It's like how can you go from Maitland Niles putting in a man of the match performance against Aston Villa, and then you don't hear from him again, and it's not like he was injured or anything. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I mean, if he gets leaves, you know, you can't blame him anymore for leaving because, I mean, Arteta, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, his backline seems to be getting, you know, there, there about. But yeah. now I think he was in front of that backline now, which is not, you know, working that too. He hasn't found his combination for his holding yeah. midfielders. Mm-hmm. And he, it's almost like he's trying to shoe an Odegaard into the team now. With Emil Smith Rose playing excellent at the moment. I mean, he's been our saving grace with Saka. But it's like now you don't have that other three that's going to do the business up front. So we're lacking like almost another five, four, four to five players to, to, to who's going to do the business for us. Because right now I can't see anything special happening with this team. Yeah. Then point number two I want to bring up now also is like, what is your take on, look, when you, like as a coach, I mean, even if you now, like amongst your friends, you guys are playing you, like your tournaments and that, you have a sort of mindset as a coach or, you know, player coach of what style you want to play and you express yourself through that way on the pitch. You do it in training and it comes out on the pitch. Or like, or like, you know, when an artist is doing a sketch first and then it comes out to a full picture, you know, almost like on the pitch. But it's almost like Arteta puts these points of devil across. But it's like they don't listen to him because you can see no. at post-match press conference and you always say they're not following what you wanted, like the plan that was discussed or whatever. So how does that get wrong or how does it get lost in translation on the pitch? Because it's one like they become from a, a unit, like a team in training to at times where, where games where they get like isolated and it becomes like just watching 11 strangers on the field. No, I, 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 to be honest, I don't know. It's very confusing and disturbing how... Every time, you know, uh, you can see Arteta, you know, furious or, or stressing out because it's like they completely went against what he wanted to do. And sometimes it's to the detriment of the team. You find yourself one or two nil down. And, and what you do from there, it's like an old game plan out the window. And Arteta doesn't really have a plan B, it seems, at the moment. Or a C, for that matter. Because, you know, you've got to take into account certain things happening. But it's almost like the players aren't doing their part. And like you said, it's like... You know, Arteta says one thing and they do another thing and it backfires. Because, I mean, I'm not just thinking back to the United game, taking the lead there, and he's urging them all, like, straight from kickoff, you could still see United were rattled, rattled after the goal was given. So, add or apply more, more pressure onto them. 
same with Everton. I mean, okay, I know it was going into halftime, but second half, I expected that sort of pressure because look, Everton were kind of in disarray after all the hard work in that first half to come, like, you know, to go in at halftime, one down. And then you you give them the incentive to come at you. I don't understand it because what benefit did that then bring? Because, I mean, you, you fight your way to, to, to eke out a 1-0 uh, lead and then you end up all just giving up position and everything. Yeah, I know. It, it, it really ridiculous at the moment. And I don't know where to go from here, you know. It's like one moment my, my motivation is high. I'm watching awesome game with that that old excitement again of there's something happening here to a case of again, like, do I really have to sit up and watch this game? You know, uh, I mean, like after everything game, I had to be up early the next day. And you kind of, like, you know, your whole day is miserable. You're pissed off, you're exhausted. Yeah. And you, I mean, you know, for, for these Arsenal players, they go home, they get a nice fat salary, they get to, you know, sleep in a, in a you know, five-star accommodation that they stay in. And, and I mean, you know, they don't seem honest. And it's, the people yeah. just need to take responsibility. And I mean, if players aren't performing, they need to leave. I mean, I've been covering for party for the most part, but he's just not good enough at the moment. Yeah. And now the final point I'm just bring up now is, where do we come... Or where do we think we're going to get with the slowness of our passing? Because it's not, it's not pretty to watch. It's allowing other teams to actually now, you know, go toe to toe with us. Not being, you know, you're not really putting fear into anybody if you play that sort of game. But uh, even like, I think I mentioned it a few weeks back. Even the the, the high press is embarrassing because it's like, even the high press, everybody has to go as a group forward to to force. They keep it to play the ball out fast and probably make a mistake, all the defenders. But it's like we it's like you got Aubameyang going straight towards the goalkeeper. Then you've got Odegaard running totally to the side of the pitch with some <laughs> like trying to block off somebody that's not gonna really get the ball. And then since you don't have extra bodies throwing, you know, closing the gaps up or physically can't cope, then the ball just gets played all or pinged around them, but then we end up end up winning the ball. Then it's just pedestrian football, and you can already see. Even I mean, uh, look, I've we've not watched even the top teams now when they uh, have to defend against us. Even the Man Cities or the Liverpools, and that they go straight into a, a two bank of four thing. So of course we got no clue, and then we go into that whole horseshoe tactic again. Yeah, no, no, I hate that horseshoe tactic. Oh, then it's I don't know, because uh, for me it's like you can like a team like Arsenal if you've got pacey players. You're going to actually hurt more teams with quick pinging the ball around than the slow brand of football that we're playing right now, which is not uh, good on the eye, really. No, not at all. It's quite it's quite boring, actually. I mean, I almost fell asleep in the first half of everything, you know, when it went to Lowell. I mean, it was, just, it was just boring. Nothing to write home about. And all this excitement, you know, racking up that amount of points. For what? Mm. Look where we are now again. Yeah. Okay, so with that, I'm going to end the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Try to enjoy it where you can. Take care and stay safe. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.